Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. You don't know anybody named Iris? I don't know nobody named Iris. Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me? Really, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you. Step back for one minute and look at the big picture. And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire. The orphans bond a family that very few can understand. Help me. Help you. <laughs> I don't do drugs. Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. I can't believe we're doing this, but what up? And welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host, Iris, and I am here with my older brother. Wesley, dude. Today we are talking Bill and Ted Face, face the, the music. music. Whoa. Excellent. Is that more Ted or is that more Bill? I can't. I still, after three movies and revisiting all the first two, I still don't know which one is Bill and which one is Ted. So is it meant to be a joke that he's Ted, quote, Theodore? I was like, that's weird. because Whatever his last name is. Is his given name Ted and his nickname is Theodore? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, IMDb got that kind of weird, but it's in the actual credits for starting with Excellent Adventure. His name, for whatever reason, is Ted Theodore Logan. I th- well, I think, is that the joke? I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but I, I would say that Face the Music takes a lot of things that were weird or strange or slightly off with the first two and just sort of runs with it. Like, they're like, we should clear up some of these mistakes moving forward. And he's like, no, dude, just go with it. Again, I don't know whose accent I'm doing anymore. You also had a question about Station. Yep. Just before we started this, I wasn't clear on who Station was. Um, apparently, they had a nice butt. Yes, and they is the proper pronoun. They, Station, was two alien oh, scientists. Right. God, that was dumb. That jumps into one, and then he creates extra Bill and Ted robots for kind of no apparent real reason. Oh, but then man. he, but as he's working on it, or as he completes the robots, Bill compliments Station, telling him that he has a bodacious butt. Station was was like an entire ass. Station Station had a big, a huge face, and I mean, he was kind of more 
he was kind of where the wild things are looking. Yeah, he was a wild thing. He was a little wild thingy, but he did have a very bodacious butt. But I thought that the whole station thing was bizarre. Although we're talking a lot more about previous Bill and Ted movies than we are about Face the Music. I wasn't into those two. The first two movies, I hadn't actually never seen them. I knew lots of stuff about them. But uh, I guess it was necessary to see the first two, even though they weren't all that good. I think Bogus Journey goes off the rails so thoroughly. And it's not to say that it needed to be on the rails, on the same rails as Excellent Adventure. But, you know, the historical figures and the time traveling played almost no role. It was so surreal. And I guess props to them for taking it in a completely different direction. But it was almost like early Tim Burton surreal. It was just a completely different movie and kind of didn't work. And to tie that more closely to the new movie, the robots in Bogus Journey were so so bad and if i had heard that this movie was coming out and they were going to feature an evil robot i would have been like oh no not that again that was maybe the worst part of bogus journey station created the robots just to vanquish the bill and ted humanoid robots them looking like bill and ted had nothing to do with them being able to vanquish the robots nope and they didn't look like them anyway nope i was like they're not going to try to pass them off as bill and ted or something right (laughs) So the Face the Music robot. He has a name. Very detailed. <laughs> His name is Dennis Caleb McCoy. So Dennis Caleb McCoy. Um, I similarly was like, they're rehashing this. Like they're bringing back a robot. And then his makeup, did it have to look quite so much like the Grim Reaper? I don't know. Like every everything about the Dennis Caleb McCoy robot seemed kind of redundant. And then he had this wonderful character turn where he... <laughs> The concept of an of an insecure robot is brilliant. <laughs> it's like he was hiding behind his programming. And once that failed him and he started to twitch a little bit, then his conscience came through. It was a definitely a different kind of robot. And it was, I guess, not more not as much Robocop as it was Tin Man robot. <laughs> Where it's very obviously a human. When he's getting beaten up pretty early after his introduction, <laughs> he's like going, ow, ow. In the prison ow. yard. Ow. <laughs> yes, in the prison yard. And I'm like, when, like, I think Amy and I had the same thought at the same time. Like, he's a robot. Why is he getting hurt? Right. By the way, Amy and I, I, I'm assuming you know, but Amy and I watched Face the Music together. The Sneak, a former guest on our podcast. AKA Making It in LA Patch. Um, we had Macho Nachos, a creation of our own making, a couple cocktails. <laughs> And a $25 purchase of Face the Music. Was it easier with the macho nachos and the cocktails to get through Face the Music? Oh, you can't watch Face the Music without a drink. Uh, I disagree. You can't watch Face the Music and enjoy it without a drink. Okay. So, uh, you know, so connecting to that point, it was weird that the robot was getting kicked, but he was only partway in his journey, right, for this movie, because they fully acknowledge how strange it was. <laughs> without prompting, Ted was like, yeah, how can robot even die? And ironically, once the robot was dead was when he came the most alive. That's deep, dude. Yep. But the Dennis Caleb McCoy thing, did that ever pay off? It didn't pay off, but it was so earnest. And first is like, I have a name, like as a re- self-revelation. And then they took the joke farther it didn't pay off as much as it evolved and matured. And then it was Dennis Caleb McCoy. And by that time, Ted was like, hurry up, robot. 
And they have no patience for the robot's journey of self-discovery. He he might have been the best part about this movie. I think that this movie is better than Excellent Adventure. I didn't think that starting out, and way better than Bogus Journey. You have to at least concede that, right? Yes, it's definitely better than Bogus Journey. Excellent Adventure, it's kind of hard to compare it, because without Excellent Adventure, face music wouldn't exist. In some weird way, it was necessary to end this story, to pay off on this life-changing, world-uniting music. So we should talk about the musicians. Wasted opportunity, good gimmick and gag. You know, I like time travel movies, and I think that the characters, the historical figures in Excellent Adventure were an essential component. And I missed having that most of the time in Bogus Journey. So I was definitely happy that they incorporated not only historical figures who were popping in and out of time, as the time construct seemed to be uh, destabilizing, but as long as they were going to face the music and come up with this epic band, then putting that, then grabbing these musical figures wasn't just a gimmicky way to get time travel and historical figures back into the mix, but rather as components of a band. In Excellent Adventure, they were bringing the historical figures back for their book rip or history report, right? But in this case, it was a little bit better, a little bit more clever that they were bringing them back, at least for the purposes of like an ultra, like super band. Ultra super band, but do you really feel like they made good use of that device? Yeah. No, that's a long time fantasy of a lot of people, right? What would be your super group from any member, living or dead, of any band? And you can like, oh, John Bonham on drums and all that stuff. I can appreciate that assembling a fantasy band would be fun. Yeah, they assembled this band for all for the ages, but then they didn't contribute to the songwriting at all. They were like glorified studio musicians at the behest of the random DJ daughters and then Bill and Ted who like suddenly decided they wanted to whip out a solo. What musician did they bring back for Excellent Adventure? That was uh, Beethoven. Beeth- Beethoven. <laughs> Be- no, Beethoven. Be- Beethoven. <laughs> it's so dumb. I have, to, I have to admit I laughed at Beethoven. There are a lot of things that I laughed at despite myself. A movie like this is hard because you can't watch Bill and Ted face the music critically and enjoy it. But it's also such a great movie and such a great franchise to review because there's so much to talk about. Bill and Ted face the music is a very specific note that the filmmakers have to hit, no pun intended, right? Because these movies have a feel. I think that it was a different kind of ambitious movie than Excellent Adventure, but tonally it seemed to fit perfectly with at least the first movie. And I think that was super important. It was, I don't know, it was a world, this world of San Dimas, which is dry and sun-baked and slightly sterilized. But when I was a kid, San Dimas only equated to one thing for me. Water park? Exactly. San Dimas, that's where Raging Waters is. Well, what else <laughs> do you know about San Dimas? Nothing whatsoever. Did you notice that the princesses Joanna and, which by the way, were those the same actors? No, they hadn't been played by the same actors in any of the movies. (laughs) Like if you're going to recast the princesses, at least cast princesses with legit English accents, no? But did you track that when Bill and Ted land at the retirement home to meet old Bill and Ted, that that is when the old Joanna and... Elizabeth steal their phone booth? Yeah. Were Joanna and Elizabeth are Joanna and Elizabeth here? Yes. 
and no. <laughs> yeah, they Be- take off. It was a little bit confusing for, at first. So every Bill and Ted iteration that they encountered, right, from the prison yard to the ones that were playing in the crappy dive bar or whatever, and then the, the fancy pants uh, Dave Grohl fakers, but the ones that they were, they chased them off the stage when they were playing their crappy song. They were there to impart the information that their wives didn't want anything to do with them. That, in fact, later on, they stole the phone booth to go back and tell their younger selves to get out of there. Right. Because of how unhappy they were. And they show up at the therapy session. Yes. I admit I had to revisit some of the stuff to make sense, but it's all there. And it's it's not for lack of them properly setting it up you just have to pay attention (laughs) do you need to have a scientist don't couldn't you just have a pa tracking this information to their credit they spent a lot of time developing this movie and they wanted to get it right and if you really think about it if you chart it out it is pretty convoluted because they have multiple people traveling in multiple different times and tracking all those storylines not only do we have bill and ted but billy and thea and also the ladies traveling through time the princesses So there was a lot going on, and they did keep track of it. You had to get on board with the idea that Bill and Ted were going to visit their alternate selves at different points in their lives moving forward. And let me tell you, dude, Kelly cackled like she was howling when they visited the prison. And they were in their ridiculous, strangely plausible-looking bodysuits, their muscle suits. Oh, my God. That was, like, the funniest thing for her ever. Alex Winters was pausing it, looking at the tattoos and stuff. Yeah, because you had those, like, weird delt, like, those neck things the traps those tom hardy neck that yeah those things are scary <laughs> and keanu reeves looks less old when he's like that because he's got his beard back yeah that's true and i think this movie knew what it was about i mean they tried on one hand to get it really right and on the other hand they were like okay and there's a killer robot but it finds its conscience <laughs> and it's got a name and it realizes all that and they fully acknowledged how dumb some of it was right I mean, they were fully aware. He said, Ted, you have had many counterintuitive ideas over the years, but I have to say, this is the most counterintuitivist. <laughs> so they, they had to deceive their, themselves because their future selves were a step ahead of them, having known, literally, having known what they were going to do, right? So they had to put the buckets over their head and throw themselves off oh the balcony and spin around so that they can get away. And then when they ran into the phone booth, he was like, we should try always not knowing what we're doing. <laughs> that was so dumb. How did that work? They were, they were able to really deceive themselves because... Yeah, they found themselves outside and their, and their future selves couldn't track how they made it outside <laughs> because they were just as dumb as Bill and Ted. Oh, my God. And didn't you think that old Bill and Ted were totally out to get him? I was like, don't trust those old dudes. It's because Alex Winter has has crazy eyes. No, uh, no, because they took advantage of that moment in surprisingly deep and touching ways. Yeah, that was the moment that Ted overcame the weirdness with his when he's like, I'm always weird with myself, dude. And then he totally bonded with his old person self. Yeah, he said, I never knew you. It was deep, dude. Yeah, man. It's all the things that are possible with time travel. Yeah, it's one of the it's another one of those fantasy moments that you could have the possibility of connecting with yourself in such a vulnerable way. Just like it's like one of those nightmare moments of like finding out that your mom's got the hots for you. Ew. Yeah, that's why Disney didn't pick up Back to the Future. No. Yeah, they rejected it. They said the incest, are you crazy? We're not doing that. <laughs> So I feel like this movie was definitely fan service. 
I think there were fans that were clamoring for a sequel. Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves had said people stop them every day or they talk to them every day and they're saying, be excellent to each other and all that stuff on the streets. And then they would say, is there going to be another Bill and Ted's? They had the elements of time travel, the historical figures. Uh, in this case, they happened to be musicians. And then we had a lot of death and going to hell multiple times. And, and getting death or the Grim Reaper back into the band. And so you balance the stuff like the time loops and keeping track of all the alternate realities with the dumbness of just like, we got to get him to laser us. So Shoot dumb. us, robot. Right? It's so and, dumb. Uh, and, and, and I think they embraced that dumbness and they were aware. At least Bill and Ted, we could say that this movie was dumb on the same level, level that Bill and Ted could be dumb and still be lovable or enjoyable. Hmm. And if you're going to love the characters, if you loved the characters from the previous movies, you're definitely going to love them in this one. They're family dudes and they have kids and they have wives and they're all determined to save their marriages, even if they don't understand how to save them or what's causing them to crumble in the first place. But they're earnest and they're sweet and their hearts are in a good place. Um, why was the new ruler of the future? Does she personally have it out against them or she just is trying to save time and she thinks that the prophecy wasn't real? No, this was Princess Leia. Uh, watching over the tiny movements that her emissaries make that if it doesn't pull off, she's in the war room with the giant map and the whole thing, the whole thing goes down the tubes. Hey, go down the tubes, get it? Was that a time travel reference? That was a time travel like wormhole reference. <laughs> it was a really bad one. But we we have to talk about the finale. And the finale includes the concert, which I thought was terrible, and the resolution for their wives, which is for their wives and their marriages, which was, you know, the inciting incident in this movie. If for them being like our marriages are over, they were very forgiving. And I'm not really sure what it was that Bill and Ted actually did to bring them back around. They realized their destiny, man. They created the piece of music that was going to save the world. Uh, and that put an end to their malaise and to their insistence on churning out all this lackluster music. Maybe they weren't meant to be the band for the ages. Maybe it was Billy and Thea and Bill and Ted could focus on their lives, their wives. Because the whole cheat in the first place for Bogus Journey was that they went away and studied and came back to be good musicians, right? Mm-hmm. And made babies. And the opening scene for Missy's new wedding to Ted's little brother. Deacon. Yeah. he, <laughs> And they played their long-titled instrumental <laughs> uh, experimental piece. It was actually pretty good. At first it was good. It fell apart, but the theremin and stuff was kind of groovy. Well, if you unplug the stuff. But Ted was kind of good on the theremin. He was good on the trumpet. And Bill was, uh, he's got that circular breathing, the, <laughs> the throat singing down pretty well <laughs> they're trying hard uh, and the young the, the young princesses didn't have a real problem with bill and ted yet that was projected down the line so they didn't have a tremendous amount to forgive them for and maybe moving forward bill and ted could safely fall into being the husbands that they needed and not desperately clinging to this idea that they needed to do this thing dude to save the world yeah it was funny because in the therapy session it was clear that bill and ted seeing themselves as a unit wasn't the problem. 
that the princesses were having, right? They they were almost as oblivious to Bill and Ted's unitness as were Bill and Ted. But it was obviously a problem for Brittany, who couldn't yep. kind of get over it and assumed that that was what the... about Jillian Bell, who is Brittany and Brittany runs a marathon. <laughs> Who also ran in this movie and who was equally as funny in this movie as she was in Britney Runs a Marathon. She she was a little misguided in that she thought that that was the actual problem. And I think it was a good misdirect because that's so we thought that that was kind of the problem. But really the princess's problem were, like you said, was their inability to move past needing to make to write the song that would unite the world but at what point did it click and really did the ending work for you when it started to become self-aware enough so that they could really have fun and they were like dude this place is going to be this movie's going to be all over the place we're going to vienna and new orleans and france and in the stone age and we're going to put you guys in crazy outfits and we're going to see different versions of you throughout time it's going to be awesome and the robot's not going to be really a robot. He's going to find his conscience. And and when it really started to embrace how dumb it was, it was shooting to be. Then I kind of got on board. It, it did get some momentum, but then it came to a screeching halt at on the on the two ten. I feel like the Dennis Caleb McCoy character was a good representation, was a good symbol for this movie, in that he started out very stiff and robotic and just going through the motions. And then eventually found found his heart. And we kind of rediscovered who the Bill and Ted characters were. If you loved them before, you would certainly love them now. I think the first time I laughed was when they died. And he was trying to assert that he was a real person with a real name. And they were like, come on, robot. And he's like, they got into hell and they were looking for the kids. And Ted's like, what are we going to do, dude? And Bill says... I don't know, dude. And then Dennis Caleb McCoy is like, yeah, I don't even know, dude. Uh. And then. Wow. They got a laugh out of you. It was such nuanced humor. Like, look, I've been through comedies with you and we've done this before for lots of comedies where I sit there. I sit there stone faced and I'm like, this is it's fine. I get it. I'm not a laugher at humor. And I was doing the dumb American pickle thing where I was smiling the whole time and not the whole time for some of it, the the latter half of it. And I was actually laughing at a few points and like snorting despite myself. Oh my God. I went in this fully expecting to hate it, especially after the last two movies to which I have no loyalty whatsoever. And it didn't end up that way. So basically, you didn't care when they got to the ending. You had already enjoyed it and gotten your money's worth of this film. And it actually kind of rocked. It did not rock. With like seven minutes to spare, they were going through infinite dimensions, handing everybody in the world musical instruments. But why? It's not like everybody in the world was part of composing this song. I don't even know, They didn't even play along. It was great that they had everyone present. They had notables throughout history all (sighs) present on the freeway to witness this unifying rock. You're either with it or you're not. When you say that you're going to write the best song in the world, like you just, you don't show it. You let... The song is always going to be better in your imagination. Like the Dave Grohl song. And they, exactly, that they play on headphones, which they should have done for the final song. I don't know. I think there were a string of missed opportunities in this movie. I can appreciate that they treated the time travel with a certain amount of meticulousness, regardless of how ridiculous it is. So I do give it credit for kind of 
carrying us along, getting us to the finish line. But I don't know, with not being a, a Bill and Ted's fan, you know, having basically watched the two movies in preparation for the third Bill and Ted Face the Music, I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities in this film. Well, at least you were awake for all of this one. <laughs> in one sitting, no less. Yeah, man. Solid. All right. I had a good time inexplicably with Bill and Ted Face the Music. Wow. Well, it eked a chuckle out of you, which is no small feat. <laughs> And we've disagreed. We've disagreed on lesser movies. This movie was boring. I'm sorry to say, man. And the other two ain't that great either. So maybe Bill and Ted just isn't the franchise for me. Yep. I was relieved not to have had to have reviewed those movies ahead of this one. But there's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. I am viewing it as kind of a whole journey, but thankfully a bogus journey. Well, yeah, but when the last installment peters out for me, I'm I'm kind of disappointed. You got to finish things out strong, <laughs> and I think they did. Um, All right, well, there you got it. An excellent from Wes, a bogus from Iris. That is our talk on Bill and Ted Face the Music. Available on VOD. I I guess I don't regret paying $25 to watch this movie, but it was definitely a boring. Uh, We'd love to know what you think. 818-835-0473 is our hotline or whatevermovies at gmail.com. Please subscribe. Please follow. Please support us. We can't do it without you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And be excellent to each other. And party on, dude. God, you sound so old. How are we going to find them, dude? I don't know, dude. Yeah, I don't even know, dude. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electric Acid.